0: sunsets over Constance, Louisiana, just days after its most recent crisis. With the Dam slain, and Jude being cared for at the local hospital, all is quiet. We see Jude's parents sitting in his hospital room, calmly on their phones and laptops. We see the great Tupelo Park rangers out in the swamps, inspecting what appears to be some recently used camping pots, somehow covered in moss. We see the Baron, sitting in his underground store, sewing some kind of cloth. We see window shoppers pass by the many stores, street stores of Constance, and every now and again, one is missing their reflection. We cut to see the great mansion of the horror writer Dr. Emmett Garcia Chalamet, a dreadfully Gothic style home with dark wood and twisted cast iron adorning its balconies. We see Dr. Emmett just as he exits the door, and just before he closes it, he looks inside and says, Stay safe, make good decisions. And the camera pans out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Good Neighbors, a a Monster of the Week podcast by our our couple friends here. Uh, We're going to go through what we call an interlude, which is where there is no uh, singular mystery to chase. It is uh, purely for the characters to pursue things for themselves or reflect on themselves as people. We cut to the image of a rundown radio station an obelisk of weather-worn concrete with a small satellite array atop it, missing wires that are still sparking. The world is foggy here, the leaves have fallen from the trees, and we see what appears to be a series of destroyed brick buildings in the distance. Most notably, what you can see of the sky is filled with an orange aurora. James Pale, an imposing long figure, sits atop the radio station, legs dangling over the wall. He clicks a stopwatch in his hands. His eyes never leave it. The camera centers on June Treherne, in their long coat and top bun. We see them lying on a cold dirt floor, the grass mostly covered in this thin, rolling fog. They awake, their eyes alight, as they come to in this environment, and they hear magic is often temporary chaotic liberated you want permanency you want protection you want to play in the big leagues well then you're gonna have to earn it june what do you say what do you do
1: all right uh miyagi is this gonna be some more wax on wax off bullshit
0: if you want to see it through that lens by all means but like I said if you want to make magic permanent if you want it to protect you you're going to have to work for it Uh, and uh, uh, Sarah as we discussed you are uh, planning on doing what now would you like to describe what you are trying to do
1: I want my coat to be uh, magical, um, I'm picturing it as like a very normal long coat, but on the inside is uh, like different colored patches. It's very Joseph and the Technicolor Dream Coat, and I'm thinking that like when I unleash this power, uh, Technicolor lights stream out from the inside of the coat.
0: Okay, I believe we spoke about it doing armor. Or, or giving you armor uh, to prevent harm.
1: I I'm not as excited about armor as I am something weirder. I'll take armor if that's all I can get out of this from Mr. James Pale.
0: But, right, well, we're doing a uh, thing uh, here called Big Magic. i uh, will describe that first, and we'll we'll discuss details of it in a moment. Sure, sure. Uh, when, when you use magic, that has more than the use magic effects. Tell the keeper what you want to do. The Keeper may require you need to spend a lot of time, days or weeks, researching a magic ritual. Or you need to experiment with the spell, therefore there will be lots of failures before you get it right. You need some rare and weird ingredients and supplies. The spell will take a long time, hours or days, to cast. You need a lot of people, 2, 3, 7, 13 or more, to help. The spell needs to be cast at a particular place and or time. You need to use magic as part of the ritual, perhaps to summon a monster, communicate with something, or bar the portal you opened or it will have a specific side effect, or danger. If you meet the requirements, then the magic takes effect. Uh, And through this process, uh, your mentor, let's say, James, who's going to lead you through it, is your extra person. This will take some time, uh, more than just the normal 10, 20 seconds that normal spells take to cast. And when I say in a particular place or time, you're here, wherever that may be. And he's going to run you through... A trial. Go ahead and and mull over what you think you want the magic of your coat to be, uh, within reason, of course. Uh, Look at the gear that's within the book already for reference. uh, And uh, when you feel you're ready, let me know. But in still such time, let's have at it. Sound good?
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: All right. So at this very moment, the last thing James has said is... You have to work for it. What do you do?
1: I'm gonna... I'm gonna ask him. Um... All right, James, uh... What's (sighs) the ritual we're doing here? Or what's the trial?
0: The door to the radio station swings open, and it is dark inside. He never takes his eye off his stopwatch, but he does call out to say, "'Remember, the rest of the world is armored by ignorance.'" People like us do not have such a luxury, and so we must protect ourselves in other ways. Our magic, our way of life, comes from secrecy and sacrifice. You would do well to remember that, June. It'll serve you well. And he leans back and waits.
1: Uh, I'm going to slowly walk towards the open door.
0: The door is open. It doesn't seem to be locked or attempting to harm you in any way.
1: Uh, I'm going to poke my head in. Okay. And, uh, I guess keep walking.
0: Sure. Uh, Once you step through the door, the door slams shut. You're surrounded in complete darkness and you hear over a a sort of brassy loudspeaker inside. You won't find nothing in the dark, my friend, but nothing will find you either.
1: I'm going to cast a spell. I would like to do something outside human limitations and uh, see better in the dark.
0: Okay, go ahead. Uh, What does that spell look like for you? Um... I believe we did it in our in our first session, if you want to reuse that, but you're more than welcome to change it up as we go.
1: I'm gonna take as out a, a vial of uh, mead and um, like a flask, and I'm gonna pour some over my eyes and I'm going to say- Jesus Christ. Uh,
0: and what happens to your eyes when you say those magic words?
1: Uh, I think the mead, like, lights on fire, and there's just... Oh my god! There's just fire coming out of my eyes.
0: Uh, you look, uh, faintly angelic, I suppose, as your flaming eyes uh, alight the room. You see some worn-down technical gear that has been uh, smashed or or, or clawed through. There are a number of uh, speakers... Uh, even old-timey, like, phonography-looking speakers about the room. Uh, this is sort of the uh, sort of central chamber of the place. Uh, there are clearly, like, supply closets and other things within here. Uh, but at the moment you're alone, it's dark save for your fiery glow and these old, ruined technologies. What do you do?
1: I'm just gonna start pacing and seeing if there's anything that stands out to me um james is kind of a shitty yoda uh he's a bit of an asshole yeah. to tell me like what i'm looking for so i guess he's a good yoda yoda was kind of a dick um
0: uh, yeah yoda never spoke spoken direct statements
1: oh don't bring a weapon into that cave you're not going to need it like fuck you yoda there's darth <laughs> vader in there um <laughs> So I'm just pacing around trying to see if anything stands out or catches my eye.
0: Sure. Is there a specific move you're trying to use?
1: Um, uh, maybe uh, investigate?
0: Sure, 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 sure. Uh, I think uh, pacing around, uh, if, if that is all you're doing, then the most I can give you is read a bad situation. But if right. you thumb through anything... Uh, or try to activate any of the equipment or, or you know, put yourself more directly on the, the environment, then I'll, I'll be happy to grant you investigative mystery.
1: Sure, I'll, uh, I'll pick shit up and look at it with my weird fire eyes.
0: Absolutely, go ahead.
1: that's uh, going to be a seven, and I have a plus one, so eight.
0: Eight, all righty. Uh, On a 7 to 9 hold 1 What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here?
1: Uh, I think that last one What is being concealed here?
0: So as you Poke out uh, old uh, Tapes Old CDs Old I guess a Zune I don't know what time Zunes came out But one of those Uh, You can see marked on them is often your name or one of your parents' names. Uh, You can see that they're marked with words like stress, time, absence, waiting, home with a question mark. What is being concealed here? There is a threat to you right now, specifically in the department of secrecy. All of these things contain something that is... Maybe troublesome to you personally uh, in an emotional way, but not physically necessarily. James sort of warned you that of a threat that would be in here this probably isn't it, but it's something it could use. What do you do?
1: So there is footage of my life in this building
0: audio yeah yep
1: yeah so someone has been spying on me
0: there is uh, uh, a sound of thuds like walking steps distant but above potentially james maybe not
1: i'm going to grab up Some of these audio recordings, do I recognize any of the dates? Do any of them, like, stand out to me?
0: Uh, they are, uh, I think, well, they have a number of dates on them. Why don't you tell me a stressful time in your life in regards to maybe some personal issues you've had, and any of those would stick out as being on those CDs, tapes, and whatnot.
1: Okay, uh, so I, like, might recognize some of them.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um. You hear a door open.
1: I'm going to quickly pocket. Uh. Maybe two or three of the dates that I, like, recognize right off the bat. Um. And then I am going to try and light this building on fire.
0: <laughs> How do you do that?
1: Um. I'm going to take out uh, my my booze, which I used for the spell I cast. And um, I'm going to like go over to a trash can and like dump a bunch of paper in it. Um, I don't care that like someone else is here right now. Like I am very sure. singularly focused on like trash can paper. Let's get it in there. I'm gonna start pouring- Let me
0: act under pressure.
1: In. Sure. Oh, not great. Um what is that? Uh, seven? Six plus seven.
0: one. Okay. The keeper is going to give you a worse outcome. Hard choice or price to pay.
1: Uh do June you choose
0: or do I choose? I choose. June. Okay. What is a recurring figure from your nightmares?
1: Ooh. Um, I think probably my dad.
0: Describe your father for me.
1: Uh, June's father was a missionary. Um, very Pentecostal. Um, drove June all over the world uh, doing like missions and crusades and uh, was a real bastard.
0: Uh, very, very nice. As you start to light these papers and, and uh, you're doing this like in a trash can, right? Yeah. As you start lighting this uh, evidence on fire, uh, I'm going to give you a price to pay. There is an immediate burst from the flames. The building does start catching on fire. Uh, However, as soon as that happens, this great fiery figure with turning uh, golden fiery wheels that spin between each other like a gyroscope and a thousand eyes dotting them. You see your father's face stretched along each one of these eyes that they might part in twos and they look at you with great judgment and they uh, start singing in Latin this choral phantasmal wail and you will take too harm ignore armor as you can feel your head ache and your ears burn
1: fuck can i respond to it
0: absolutely what do you do
1: <sighs> you're a real fucking piece of work um and i'm going to try to begin casting a spell
0: excellent before we resolve that let's uh let's check on someone else we cut to the open road a refurbished 1984 Chrysler LeBaron trails down through a sea of farmland. It passes a sign for Roseway, Arkansas, a place just on the cusp of suburbia. We see an odd mix of weathered barns and gaudy mansions. Gargoyles and goats stare each other down from across the street. We see the car pull up to the Roseway Broadcast Station, perhaps the most modern building in town, with mostly white walls and sheet glass windows. We see a small crowd gathered outside, holding a wide range of various paraphernalia. We see old urns, sculptures, paintings. We see brand ambassadors reaching out towards the car with papers and shouting about their products. Stepping out of the car, how did Cassius look during this stage of his life?
2: Uh, More or less the same, except slightly younger, (laughs) slightly cleaner, and like slightly uh, more hope in his eyes
0: brilliant Uh, as the, the the small crowd has gone out to meet you and of course the TV show isn't worldwide popular but when you go to the right crowd it must feel good what do you do? uh
2: as I step out of the LeBaron, I'm like going to take off some sunglasses that have already gone out of date. And I'm going to just wave at the crowd and do a um, one of those Nixon impression things where they put up two peace signs, but it's like in bad taste.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, and I assume you you walk inside the broadcast station. Yes, where uh, they have set out a white cloth table for you. It's like the long rectangular plastic ones that has been covered over with uh, sponsorship stickers all over the place. We see that uh, appraisers have been set up for monetary purposes all across the room. Those people will judge the economic value of these objects. But that's not what you're here for. We see a camera crew come in to set up all around you. There is someone quickly uh, adapting your, your makeup. There is someone offering you a glass of water, a glass of wine on the side if you want it. And, uh, and, and how do you prepare?
2: Uh, I'm going to drink that wine for sure and uh, just sort of look around. I don't think he has much of a process, to be honest. I think he's just kind of happy to be here. Uh, and he's just gonna, like, look for anyone that seems important.
0: All right. Uh, well, Cassius, please walk us through an episode of Antiques Horror Show.
2: (laughs) All right. So the first part is, uh, a very blatant ripoff of Antiques Roadshow. But then, uh,
0: at some point... Credit goes to Antiques Roadshow, if we have to do that. (laughs)
3: Within this universe, does Antiques Roadshow exist?
0: Absolutely.
2: Okay. (laughs) I I hope they're not overly litigious. We uh, often compete, I'm sure. I think people come to our show thinking it's Antiques Roadshow. (laughs) Uh, We do have a cease and desist order to (laughs) stop marketing us as Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. (laughs) But that's a story For another time Today we're just going through an average uh, Broadcast First half is just the normal Antiques Roadshow They appraise the object And then uh, we cut To meet the object In a significantly spookier Portion of whatever mansion Or uh, in this case Broadcast studio uh, We have so it has to be spooky You know so Often it's a boiler room or some other strange pointless place. Uh, and he's just sitting there pretending to know what haunted things are.
0: Very nice. Uh, uh, a, a young couple has recently been able to uh, uh, buy, out, you know those like storage unit buyouts or auctions. They've recently been able to get through one of those uh, and they have found within it uh, uh, an old set of uh, like lawn gnomes that clearly have wear and tear. But alongside like a bag of hair and poker chips, and they want to know if all of that somehow is tied to some dark ritual.
2: Well, uh, where was this uh, storage container found?
0: Uh, they explained that they had to go all the way down to, uh, to Houston, Texas to find it. But like the shoddier part of Houston, Texas.
2: Oh, not, not Houston. Not Houston, the Texas of Houston. <laughs> no, that's a very bad place for the satanics and the, um, the cultists. There's a lot of them down in Texas. Uh, you'll find all the way with direct traces, actually, back to the Alamo. That's why it's important we never forget about it.
0: I want to point out really quickly that this is all happening on live local television.
2: Oh, absolutely. I never, um, I have nothing to hide. So (laughs) I insist that it be live broadcast so there can be no censorship of my language.
0: Uh, Brilliant. I want you to go ahead and enroll me a manipulative person. (laughs) That seems
2: fair. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> that's six. It's uh, four on the dice. With
0: already, you could use a luck if you wanted to. <laughs>
2: uh, nah, I don't think he cares enough <laughs> to really put that much into
0: it. That's fair. Uh, as you uh, try to to sell this lie. Uh, it is unfortunate that this person should be uh, a history student, and they connect the that none of that makes any goddamn sense, uh, and they uh, immediately pass you on, and the show quickly cuts to commercial to kind of distract the audience from from the uh, the issues there, and the uh, the current uh, uh, screen director comes on up to you and is like, Cassius, what the hell are you doing? Well, what are, are you, you drunk? Doing?
2: I'm not drunk. What are you talking? You bring me these useless people. They're from
4: Houston. What am I supposed to do with that? You're not supposed to say that. The point is to not be fact checked. Well, look,
2: we can just release some kind of statement and say that my views aren't reflected by your show. But I do wholeheartedly believe that the Satanists had something to do with the Alamo. So, I mean, they can't prove that I don't think that.
0: We're going to get our asses handed to us in court. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they pop off uh, right before uh, uh, action is called. The next object run up to you is this like uh, Victorian portrait where the person is uh, uh, like motionless and their eyes could be staring anywhere. Uh, and this person explains uh, kind of roundabout that they took it from uh, a f- uh, they inherited it from a family member uh, but you as a, 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 you know a grifter have picked up that they stole it from their belongings right before they died <laughs> uh,
2: real recognizes real <laughs> um,
0: we're
4: rolling
2: um, I'm just gonna make a big show of like really taking my time with this one and like really Sherlock Holmes in it. So I wanna investigate if there's any like small portion of it that I could point to that has anything spooky about it. Like
0: Absolutely. All right. Go ahead.
2: Alright.
4: Oh my god. Uh <laughs> this sounds like a great role. <laughs> it's a
0: four. Uh, no but go ahead and mark experience and mark experience to the last one I think you level up at this point I
2: did did and I have one experience now
0: well that power won't come up till later I guess uh, as this is in the past Uh, (laughs) uh, but hold on to that Uh, and then uh, without knowing anything about this you need to sell me your best lie you can because right now after all of this After putting so much effort into scrutinizing, everyone in the audience is, like, looking you down. They are ready for something fantastic. Go ahead and and roll me a manipulated person. Take a minus one as you are under high scrutiny.
2: Oh my god, what? (laughs) Oh nice, a 12. (laughs) Snake eyes. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Holy
2: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: So All right. Tash
3: just wakes up one morning and like <laughs> ruminates upon a time in the past where he fucked up real bad. And it invigorates <laughs> we know-
2: him? Well, I mean, we I guess known why he's so sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there... Um- you get uh, call after call into the, the the studio as there are like call online help desks or, or questions desks for uh, uh, you uh, as, as like a clerk on the side answers questions and they're they are ringing off the handle being like this man is a phony, this man's got nothing, he's, he's lying out his ass and they uh, kind of don't know what to say and to in a moment of panic, the director hops on screen, which they've never done before, and they say, uh Uh Um <clears throat> Well, let's Let's go on over to the ghoulometer. I believe that is what we called it.
2: Yeah, it was 100 <laughs> percent what we called it.
0: There's a a, a, a musical sound of brrr. And what does the ghoul-a-meter look like? Um,
2: oh gosh, it's definitely like one of those carnival, uh, like ham- things you hit with a hammer, and then it goes like <laughs> ding. Uh, but we've like reworked it so that you can someone behind it can like manually just pulley system to where we want the ghoul-a-meter to be.
0: All right, and uh, in terms of Roseway, Arkansas based on what knowledge you could get out of this singular moment a way ahead of time way ahead of schedule the director's put you on the ghoulometer. meter what do you say uh
2: so wait the ghoule the i'm supposed to be <laughs> appraising the painting's ghoulometer? meter
0: the 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 town itself how oh, haunted the town is this place the town
2: itself oh gosh uh do i get to like talk or do i just have to put it you can say whatever you want gotcha so i think cassius is gonna um off camera as he's walking over to the ghoulometer, like shake his (laughs) hair up and he's gonna like when he gets on camera he's gonna have a real wild look in his eye (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna be looking around um He's real sweaty at this point. And he's going to be like, This is the most haunted town I've ever had. As you can see clearly a moment ago, I was possessed by a lying demon who was trying to pass himself off as me and make you all think that I was a fraud. This is the most haunted town we have ever been in. 100 out of 100 ghouls. And then the bell's going to go. <laughs>
0: We cut to the floor of a basketball court that has been covered in foam safety mats. Various martial arts implements and dummies have been placed out for general use. However, only two people are left for tonight's practice. We see the older but muscular and athletic Grandmaster Chuck Hayes in his karate gi and cardboard sparring gear. We see across from him a young Bektui, also in karate gi and sparring gear. Though the knight is relatively young for training, we see that those two have been left alone, perhaps for a specific purpose. We see uh, in strips of paper on the floor, vague sort of police sketches of what the monster may have looked like, not police made, but in that style we see uh, written accounts of beldams and hags and witches that have been collected in a clipboard and a plastic folder on the floor, uh, not too far from them, and we see an array of uh, mystical tomes uh, that practice their, that keep with their their practical teachings, uh, all in like a, a target shopping bag that uh, Chuck Hayes has brought to the the gym with. He uh, relents from his uh, initial uh, onslaught of blows with only hand-to-hand combat from Beck. Uh, And Beck, what is one thing uh, about Grandmaster Chuck Hayes, despite his advanced age compared to you, that you cannot best? Or what is the problem that holds you back from besting that thing?
3: Uh... I think that it's like impossible to unroot uh, Chuck Hayes. Like, I think that you can get your licks in, but it's like impossible to throw him off balance or to knock him down.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and that makes complete sense. Uh, all of his magic is defense based. Everything he teaches you is defense first, then stretch out when you're when you've expanded your comfort zone. You should always find a point of balance first, a point of of, of structure and discipline first before you uh, spread on into the risk, into the danger. And that is maybe a point of conflict for the two of you as you are kind of a ready to go spunky player. And as the two of you engage one another over again, he uh, waits until uh, 1030 on the clock hits, uh, at which point a lot of the lights in the rest of the gym have shut down. And as a uh, uh, sitting on the board of directors just for the gym, he is allowed to close up and lock down the gym himself without any issue. He has a key to the place. And he has taken upon himself to shut off all of the cameras in the building and make sure that uh, no one is going to get in. He's closed all the blinds. All of the doors have been locked and, and shaded over. And the two of you are in complete privacy. He is taking a breath, uh, for himself and getting a, a sip of his Gatorade or whatever we're allowed to say, uh, crocodile aid, I guess, as he, uh, awaits for you with your million questions, presumably. What do you, what do you look like in this moment?
3: Uh, I think that, uh, you know, like sweaty and a little like disheveled because they had just been sparring. Uh, But like kind of rocking back and forth from like the toes to the balls of like their feet, uh, like waiting for Chuck Hayes to kind of be ready to field their questions.
0: Uh, He is sat down on like the bleachers in the gym. Um, And there's like this constant sense of like dissonance between everything he presents Uh, And and has at his disposal with like the natural worlds, like his books being in a Target shopping bag or um, there being his uh, trademark katana right next to a set of football gear. He is uh, doing his best to, to blend old world techniques into the modern era. And it just looks weird. And and maybe he's like outdating himself here. What do you say?
3: Okay, so, like, the Beldam, it talked. You never said that the monsters could talk. I thought they were just gonna, like, roar and stuff, like...
0: Well, a lot of monsters do roar, sure.
3: All right, but, like, they talk, so they got, like, a society? They got, like, monster jobs and monster cars and monster taxes? Like, it's a whole world out there?
0: Well, the explanations have diverged... At several different points in time. So. I don't know. I am certain that a monster car exists. I uh, as, as certain as I am. I'm sorry, what? Yes. Did you say yes? Uh,
3: uh, uh, yes, sir.
0: <laughs> Maybe I uh, have missed some things in our teachings. Um, but the idea of being excited by the existence of particular creatures... Seems counterintuitive. Do you do you understand why I, I might be of that thinking?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I, you just said monster car and I, I kind of just pictured like a big souped up haunted monster truck. Uh,
0: there is like a moment where he like bites his lip and like, you know, he's a person. The idea of that is funny to him, too. And you can maybe glean that from like his his stilted expression. But he, he holds it back.
3: I thought you were talking about some sort of maximum overdrive shit and I got a little excited <laughs> but I do understand why that would be problematic.
0: <laughs> yes. Some creatures can talk. That is how I believe the beacon interact. I I am loath to impress the idea That conversation and engagement with creatures is a favorable idea, as by their very nature they are tricksters and liars. Secrecy is their watchword.
3: Okay, well, so I was also thinking that, you know, now that I've actually, like, fought a monster, uh, do Mm -hmm. do I level up again?
0: We don't call it leveling up. This is in a video game. Do but I if you are asked,
3: do I get like a patch on my robe or something, or, or like a like a stripe or a a pin? Uh, do I get to learn about like a third hidden circle?
0: There is no third hidden circle. Okay, you are in the upper tier as is. Wink. <laughs> the cameras are off. There are no bugs. We don't need to, I'm speaking as plainly as I can, Beck.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Acolyte. Beck. Mm-hmm. You are in the upper tier. I have not taught magic to anyone outside this upper tier. I admittedly, don't really see you as tears in the first place. It's just I if I think you are ready for magic or not. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <clears throat> magic uh, is not exclusive to humans as uh, some people might have been led to believe in the early days but the monsters that can do magic few as they are are extremely dangerous i cannot stress this enough i am proud of you of course that you have faced down a dangerous creature uh has Beck told Chuck that they fought the Beldam with other people? Yes. Who? Um, or did they explain in detail?
3: I, I don't think that they, like, related everything about James to Chuck Hayes.
0: Yeah, he'd be pretty upset about that.
3: Because... They like sense that June is in some amount of trouble, but for the most part, like Beck just has no reason to distrust Chuck Hayes uh, and was uh, at least explicit in that like June can do magic.
0: Okay, he is not opposed to the idea that there are other magical people in the world, um, as long as they are also maintaining a degree of um, discipline about it. If there is like a free floating wizard out there throwing fireball at like a marshal's, he's gonna have he's gonna go take him down. But if, if this is a person who's using their magic to do good, he sees no reason to like feel like he has to oversee them.
3: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, right. <clears throat> so I am proud of you that you have faced down a creature of this caliber. That you have found people who are trustworthy enough to embattle monsters of this caliber. So, I think advancement may be the term you're looking for. I'm not ready to give you a team yet. I think you need to show me certain degrees of maturity and patience before we get to that point. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. But in terms of combat readiness, I think we can elevate you. Do you feel like you're ready for that?
3: Uh, born ready, baby. I mean, yes, sir. I uh, look forward to the challenge.
0: He is like. Like, like a <clears throat> stifle as you uh, say, born ready, baby. Uh, and he he leads you out onto the floor and he instructs you to to take up your nunchucks. Uh, and mm-hmm. he has uh, like a wooden sword on him. OK. As his. uh Sort of signature weapon is like a, it's not a katana. It's, uh, what's the word? It's like a sword that never actually existed. Uh, a ninjato, a straight bladed katana. Okay. I, I mean, it exists. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and his is, you know, in wooden form. And before you square up against him, he throws you uh, like a, like a black canvas pouch that is like long and rectangular. Mm-hmm. And inside it is a second matching pair of nunchucks.
3: Ooh. Are these magic? No. Oh.
0: Your first set are all about teaching control. Passing from one hand to another, always leaving stability and option. I'm going to expand your comfort zone. You are going to face me with all that I have with two chaku, you will have less control over each individual piece. However, your degree to which you can exhibit and uh, increase your damage has expanded. Knowing that, it will put you at a certain degree of risk. You may be disarmed. You may be uh, disabled in some way against a proper defensive opponent. But in the right moments, you can use that to push an advantage if you have a slow opponent a weak opponent you understand
3: Uh, yeah is this a magic fight or is this an all natural sort of showdown
0: I will be using magic
3: okay uh and then Beck goes and gets their lunchbox full of components
0: have you considered maybe using a backpack or like a briefcase
3: uh uh, but this is cross body uh, and it's small and it keeps stuff cold and has all these different compartments and it's in the mint green and the mint green was hard to get a hold of. Let me tell you, I was in several bidding wars.
0: <laughs> he rolls his eyes and just gives like the, the classic bow
3: uh,
0: as uh, he uh, prepares his katana. Let's uh, let's get away. We cut to a town strip of small niche shops and services. We see a Barbary with their candy cane sign. We see hobby shops and a comic book store. We close in a little further on another store amongst these connected buildings that is strikingly purple. In contrast to the browns and brick reds of the places nearby. A sign above reads Hanged Man Arcana in spooky text. And a painted glass window reveals several taxidermied animals, strange sculptures, and an array of gemstones. Inside, we see an array of college students ranging from film buff to goth to dude bro jock, all standing around a map of the town splayed out on the table with circled points here and there. Beside them is an array of odd devices labeled things like EMF reader, laser grid scope, and flux one response device. Constance's resident ghost hunting society is active and on the move after an odd series of, series of power outages across town. They all chatter with excitement as they exit the building, ready to partake in their spooky hobby. The camera closes in on a plastic box outside the store, where one of the students drops off a stack of purple newsletters labeled The Invocation. We see a hand snatch up one of those newsletters. Flint. What did you look like all these months ago?
4: Uh pretty much the same as now but less well known. Uh still a tan, tall, slender old man with uh, a trucker hat and a beat-up green jacket
0: with some flannel underneath. Nice. And what are you doing in this part of town?
4: I am specifically here to pick up a copy of the uh, Invocation. A lot of times truth can be found in uh, uh, fanciful stories.
0: Absolutely. Uh, The Invocation, the newsletter published by the Hanged Man Arcana, published loosely defined, is largely written by a a college student named Louis Steele does do a lot of questions like what's out there or have you seen this creature and posts weird silhouettes and there's a lot of th- things to just uh, jive popular interests and what have you but the most interesting thing is that every now and again lewis Steele has a uh, like a weird moment of insight that is maybe a bit beyond what he should have or he puts in way too much research and might be on the right track the most latest one in reference to these power outages that have happened recently. Lewis writes, if you pinpoint the epicenter of the initial power outage, then track each of the buildings that lost power following, you'll note that they went out from center out. If you draw a line over each of these locations, you'll see here that they make the mark of chaos, a noted occult symbol. Our society intends to investigate this mystery, this mysterious occurrence, but we want to know what do you think? Too dangerous? Too much of a stretch? Leave your responses in the dropbox off of the Hanged Man Arcana. And obviously notably right next to it is a little black metal dropbox where you could leave a response to this prompt. What is Flint thinking at this moment?
4: Uh, Flint's thinking that he wants to look into what, what could link the mark of chaos and power
0: outages. Uh, absolutely. Uh, does he intend to go do some research on his own before responding to the the letter, or does he want to leave a thing here and then go out after it? He
4: absolutely wants to do a little research and then respond to the letter.
0: Okay. Uh,
4: where do you go? I uh, go back to my self storage center and look at my books there.
0: Uh, absolutely. Uh, if you want to, uh, I think you have the the lore library or the mystical yes, library. I do. Either one. Uh, then absolutely, go ahead and roll on your own. You don't need any other uh, uh, prompt than that. You have the materials with you.
4: So it's uh, investigative mystery, which is sharp, plus two, plus another one, so total of plus
0: three. Damn it. There we go. Uh, Nine plus three, that's 12. Hell yeah. On a 10 plus hold two. what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here?
4: I'm going to go with what sort of creature is it and how can you hurt
0: it? Absolutely. Uh, The, uh, the mark of chaos is an occult symbol. It is real. If you all, uh, if our listeners want to, to look it up further, uh, it was uh, uh, used for a number of, of things, but what that signs to you upon investigating people like Alistair Crowley and, and sort of more closer modern-day occult folks is that uh, the, the thing itself is a mark of, of magical use. So what sort of creature is It, it is either a modern-day magician, like wizard, or uh, a magical spell casting creature, which is way less likely as they are way less common.
4: Alright, so if it's just a magician, I don't need to worry about what can hurt it, because, well, bullets hurt it. Uh, in that case,
0: what can it do? What can it do? Well, what can it do? Like, uh, well I think the most, important, the most important thing to know about it uh, is that if they were willing to cause a public scene, they are well aware of the fact that, like, one that leaves records, ones that will be in either the news or at the very least in the, uh, the Power plants ah. records, they are well aware that they could get out of that situation without leaving a trace to follow. Or at the very least, whatever thing they were doing is important enough or powerful enough that no one could stop them from following through. So what can it do? It can hide. It can keep secrets.
4: All right, so I'm going to go back to the Dropbox with a, uh, with a handwritten letter, uh, specifically stating what you're looking for is probably a human occult user, uh, that is specifically looking to hide and keep secrets for whatever it's doing. As far as keeping yourself safe goes, uh try not to confront it directly because if it's willing to make such a public scene with what it's doing, it's probably going to be more than happy with cleaning up the people looking
0: into it. Absolutely. Uh, you, you leave this in the drop box and a day goes by. Uh, the letter has definitely been taken uh, if you check in the morning. Even if you don't, it absolutely is. Uh, and normally the Hangman Arcana doesn't update its newsletters every week uh, or, or every day, it normally does it once a week but this time they have dropped in a new one immediately as a, an edited subscript with that, question, that line of answering contained within it uh, did you sign the letter?
4: yes I signed it as uh, Blarney Stone
0: Blarney Stone uh, then, uh, immediately following that, uh, is the, is that prompts, uh, with, okay, we'll wait a small, uh, at least a day, Mr. Blarney Stone, whoever you may be, uh, how did you come to this conclusion if you would be so bold? And obviously this is written, so they're not asking you immediately.
4: Yeah. Uh i'm going to go back to my library and i am college educated i had gotten my bachelor's in history i'm going to cite my sources (laughs) i love it Uh, proper college essay cite cited sources
0: Uh, i don't think you need to roll for this i think uh uh that is kind of part of the the proof of the investigative mystery that you can just lend to its credence uh, absolutely. Uh, they, uh, there is like two days between the next response, um, where, uh, the, on the next newsletter with, uh, an updated addendum is those sources, which have been thoroughly fact-checked by this Lewis Steele, uh, and reviewed, uh, indicate that they are in fact correct, that this person is, is speaking truthfully. And they say, do you have experience with the supernatural? If so, What?
4: I'm gonna wait a few days before responding on this one, kind of debating what I, what I want to say. Fair. And eventually, I'm going to respond with, "I have some experience. I lost some people close to me."
0: Is that all you respond? Yes. Alrighty there is uh, the same day a new uh, newsletter is dropped in the box. And this time uh, it is like just written on, like they have called on that. you like, you are watching the box and they, uh, they are really excited to be in this conversation. And they say uh, in their letter, which is just written on here. Uh, Why don't you tell other people?
4: I leave another message. I do regularly, but very few believe
0: there's a, uh, like another edition the next day uh, as now I think a week has passed. So it's time for the actual letter uh, where uh, Lewis talks about we have uh, gained contact with a uh, an interesting person about town who has interacted with the beyond and is trying to put like a salesman spin on it. And it's clearly doing so to like sell papers. Uh, and beneath that is doing their actual uh, insight into the beyond or the weird. Uh, And I think uh, by this point, Flint, uh, if you've been reviewing their material enough, you can tell that Lewis does his damn research. Whenever there's like a weird hunch about town, though, a lot of them are unsubstantiated, uh, tries to at least pull up records to at least connect some dots if there are any. Uh, And and even now is like, who could it be? Uh, But it's like. It's like isolated some, some details, but make sure to never mention a name for a risk of like outing someone they don't want to out. Uh, and eventually you get a little note uh, that is addressed just to Blarney Stone. Like it's not in the newsletter. It's just a letter on its own that says, do you believe that Constance is in danger?
4: I respond with
0: at times. There is about a day uh, that goes by. They, uh, they mention in their newsletter, we thank our mysterious, uh, informants for their, uh, uh continued service, their continued, uh, uh, guidance in these, uh, troubled times, uh, in these moments of mystery. And again, it's kind of on the spiel, but it's also actually thanking you on some level for, uh, giving them some level of insight, whether or not they actually believe you or not is up to debate, uh. And I think by this point, you've probably seen Lewis about uh, because Lewis frequents the store and is the one more often than not dropping the newsletters into the box. So if you've been around, you've definitely seen him. Uh, He's like this kind of athletic, handsome, generically attractive younger college student. wears a gray jacket, wears like a blue baseball cap. And on his uh, jacket, he has like, these brass pins that say things like "Lewis Steele, student council secretary, paranormal investigator.
4: <laughs> I'd like to leave him an additional note.
0: Yeah. Addressed to
4: him and not to the newspaper. Absolutely. I'd like to leave him a couple newspaper clippings of the incidents surrounding my college
0: graduation. Would you like to describe what those say and headlines specifically. What are the headlines on those news clippings?
4: Football team slaughtered, one survivor, serial killer, uh, believed to be the cause. College graduate gone insane, claiming monsters exist, screaming about a chupacabra.
0: Beautiful.